Welcome to the C12 Podcast. My name is Holly, and today we have Josh Ivey speaking to us on prayer and how God wants our real prayers. We hope you're encouraged and guided by today's message. What's up, C12? How are we doing tonight? I said, how are we doing tonight? Much better. Hey, welcome. Uh, If we've never had the opportunity to meet, my name is Josh I'm the campus pastor at our Flowery Branch campus. Always love it when we get to hang out with one another. Uh, if you are new to C12, I want to tell you at least a little bit about a value here, a little bit of our culture. We do highly value interaction, which means that I don't like being a talking head up here where it's just a monologue. I like there to be a dialogue. This is a conversation. So if I say something you like, feel free to clap. You know, preach it, white boy, whatever. If I say something you don't like, feel free to insult my mom uh, or whatever. I don't. She's a precious lady. Uh, But uh, just like interaction, okay? Is that cool? Okay, is that cool? All right, we're going to get there eventually. All right, so here's what I want you to do. I have a question for you, and I want you to talk about it with your neighbor, okay? So here's the question. I want you to talk to the person either to your left or to your right. Who is the most famous person you've ever met. All right, talk about it uh, with those around you. The most famous person you've ever met. 60 seconds. Oh, by the way, Jesus doesn't count. Jesus does not count as an answer. All right, let's bring it back in, bring it back in. All right, give me a few of your answers. Raise a hand. Yes, who's the most famous person you've ever met? Tim Tebow, nice. Yes, ma'am. Akon, really? That's, that's throwback, but that's pretty cool. Akon, yep. What's that? Tom Brady, ugh. He does, ugh. I'm just kidding, he's legit, yes. Russell Wilson and Sierra, nice. Adam Sandler, that's legit. I think Mr. Deeds is one of the most underrated comedies of all time. I'm for real. When, when he's like, got that foot that he can't feel, and he stabs it, and is like, oh my God, I got to do that. I cry laughing every time. Okay, one more. Russell Wilson? Nah. We'll go at least one more celebrity. Yes. Shaquille O'Neal. He's cool. Like Shaq. Uh, he's, I follow him on Instagram. He's hilarious. All right, so here's a couple of famous people that I've had the opportunity to meet. The first one is Jerry Rice. So I think we got a picture. There we go, Jerry Rice. Uh, that's actually me when I was in college. I was about 19, but I uh, got to uh, have, he was at a golf tournament. I actually got to have lunch with him. If you don't know who Jerry Rice is, he used to play for the San Francisco 49ers. He's considered the greatest wide receiver of all time. He's won three Super Bowls went on to win. He won, uh, he played in the Pro Bowl 13 times. He was named All-Pro 12 times. Um, and as of 2014, held over 100 NFL records. Uh, one of the best who's ever played. He was a really nice guy. That's actually a Super Bowl ring around his neck. Uh, really, really nice guy. Uh, another guy that I've gotten to meet is Ron Howard. There we go. Ron Howard, uh, he's a famous director. His son, actually, uh, I played collegiate golf. His son played collegiate golf, so whenever we ended up at tournaments with one another, we were in the same division. He would walk around and follow 
uh, his son and play. Really nice guy, kind of quiet. Uh, he played Opie on the Andy Griffin Show. He also directed and produced movies like Apollo 13, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, A Beautiful Mind, Cinderella Man, The Da Vinci Code, Friday Night Lights, Eight Mile. He also produced Arrested Development and many, many more. Uh, but the latest one that I've had the opportunity to meet is Mr. Chris Pratt. Yep, so, um, shut up, easy. So he played in Parks and Rec, uh, Moneyball, Gardens of the Galaxy, Jurassic World, Significant, Magnificent Seven, Passengers, Avengers. So this is a true story, it's pretty crazy. Um, uh, I was at another golf tournament, it was a fundraiser for the Boys and Girls Club. We were playing at TPC Sugarloaf. It was like this pro-am thing, and I got invited to play to it because I was involved in the Boys and Girls Club. Well, he was there trying to help raise money and whatever. So it was a pro-am, so they kind of paired you with a celebrity, and I got to share a golf cart with Chris. Um, and I'm telling you, we had so much fun. The golf was terrible, but we had so much fun. Um, at the end of the round, we ended up uh, exchanging numbers. and Huh? And no, I'm not giving it to you. So, and, and every now and then he'd come play TP Sugarloaf and, and whatnot, but... Um, so this past Sunday night was Father's Day, and I was watching the U.S. Open, and I just sent him like, hey, happy Father's Day. Wasn't expecting anything back, and he responded. So we started chatting. He had just gotten back from British Columbia where they're uh, filming Jurassic Park, uh, excuse me, Jurassic World 3. Um, he was back in the States, and so he was asking me how things were going. I told him, you know, uh, update on life and things. I also told him I was involved in C12. And I just went, hey, would you mind if Thursday night I gave you a call and you could just say hello to the room? So, do y'all want to talk to Chris Pratt? <laughs> Easy. All right, y'all got a hush. I'm going to be pissed if he doesn't answer. I'm just kidding. I don't know Chris Pratt. Never met him before. Some of you guys were so excited, especially in this area, to talk to Chris Pratt. And I have a question for you, and I want you to be extremely honest with yourselves. Would you be equally excited if I told you you could talk to the God of the universe? Bullcrap. Because some of you guys had pulled your phone out, you're ready to make a TikTok of this, and nobody has ever made a TikTok of me praying. I'm just saying, let's be honest with ourselves. I've never said, hey, let's go to prayer in the room erupt before. FaceTime Jesus, FaceTime Jesus. No. But listen, let's be honest with ourselves. Let's look at what just happened. One is an actor. The other is the creator of the universe. One has been famous for about 10 years. 
The other is the one whom we count time by. One's popular. The other's the most powerful entity in existence. He created Chris Pratt. He created the universe, sent his son to die on the cross for us. So can we honestly say there's the same level of excitement when it comes to talking to God? Hang on to that thought. We're going to come right back to it, okay? A few weeks ago, we started a new series called How To, where we're looking at some of the essential practices needed to develop our faith and our relationship with Jesus. And ironically, it's also the same practical principles needed for us to fulfill our God-given calling. And tonight, we're talking about prayer. Because as we mentioned last week, you cannot fulfill your God-given calling in your own strength. The only way to fulfill the responsibilities and to reach the vision, to carry the weight that our God-given calling demands is to tap into a power that is greater than ourselves. God's power. And the way we do that is through prayer. In fact, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Prayer is the way we access a power greater than ourselves. It's God's power. Now, uh, if you were more excited to talk to Chris Pratt, and I do apologize for lying to you. No, I don't. Um, I don't blame you. If, you. if you were more excited to talk to Chris Pratt, I, I don't blame you. I don't judge you. I would have been excited too. However, if that is the case for any of us, I do believe that we underestimate the power that's available to us in prayer. We don't fully understand it. So tonight, I'm praying that our eyes are open to the freedom we have in power uh, in prayer and the power we have access to through prayer. Because if we could get a glimpse of the spiritual power that is available to us through prayer, it would blow our minds. Absolutely blow our minds. So tonight, what we're going to do is look at a couple of truths about how prayer and our God-given calling, that relationship between one another and how they're connected. And then I want to give us three practical um, principles of powerful prayers. Gosh, that's really hard to say. Three practical principles to powerful prayer. And this is what I would beg you for, because we're going to go through a lot of information tonight. Don't let this just be information. Allow this to soak into your soul. Transform the way that you engage with God. Change the relationship and the aspect of it, okay? Now, I'm going to throw some sentences on the screen and some truths. We're going to move pretty fast at the beginning. Um, so feel free, if you don't have time to write it down, take out your phone. You can take a picture of, uh, of it and then write it down later. Just want to give you a heads up in case we're moving a little too fast, okay? We good? Y'all forgive me for lying to you? Ladies, do you forgive me for lying to you? I don't care. I don't care. If you want to get resentful, that's between you and Jesus. I'm sorry. Okay? Okay. All right. Four truths. Let's, let's uh, start going. Four truths about my God-given purpose and prayer. Number one, I cannot fulfill my God-given purpose in my own strength. But through prayer, I can access God's power. Listen, the calling that God has placed on your life will always be greater than what you can accomplish on your own. 
the only way to accomplish everything God has for you is to access God's power through prayer. If your vision for your life is so small that you can accomplish it without God, it's not from God. So you, until you dream and have a burden for something that you can't reach on your own, then you haven't accessed the big dreams that God has for you. Let me, in the way that we access that prayer to get there is through prayer. Let me just say it a different way. If you want to remain spiritually weak, all you have to do is not pray. That's it. But those who pray access a strength that is beyond what we can see. The faith of a mustard seed that can move mountains. It's big. All right, here's point number two. I cannot fulfill my God-given purpose with my own wisdom. But through prayer, I can access God's guidance. We cannot accomplish our God-given calling with our own limited wisdom. Because when it comes to the choices and decisions we make when it comes to pursuing our calling, we can't see the bigger picture. We're limited with what we can see just on the ground. We can't see the bigger picture, but God can see the bigger picture. And so we need to access his wisdom so that he can lead us from his perspective. Because in life, things aren't always as they seem. In fact, um, a few years ago, AmeriQuest Mortgage Company created a series of commercials that actually highlighted the fact that things aren't always as they seem. And I, they, these are old commercials, but I think they're hilarious. All right, so those commercials are funny. However, they're not so funny when it happens in real life. It's not so funny when we walk into situations in our life and we don't know what's true and what's not. When we're in situations where we don't know what the right decision is and we don't know what the next step forward is. We don't know what to do. We feel stuck. Our head starts spinning. Anxiety goes up. But through prayer, God is able to give us wisdom and guidance. And we're able to access peace in the middle of the chaos. In fact, James 1, chapter 5, says this. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. All right, so this is where I need some participation. What are some of the situations in your life that you need wisdom in right now? Show of hands. Anybody? Yes, ma'am. Finances. I'm making a lot of financial decisions right now that will set me up for the rest of my life. And I don't know. I need a lot of wisdom on the money I have. By the way, side note, do you know that the money you have right now in your early 20s is worth more than any other time in your life? Because if you invest it properly, that $5 will become, will gain um, interest in, in just over and over and over. If you invest $2,000, $5,000 in a Roth IRA, it can be so much money by the time you're 60. You can't do it when you're 40. So the money and the dollars you have right now is worth more than any other um, dollars you'll ever have. Okay? Just saying. I wish I could go back to your age and just put 15, 20 grand in a Roth IRA and just let it sit. 
and you're welcome. I'm setting you up. This had nothing to do with what we're talking about. But yes, finances. All right, who else? Where do we need wisdom? Yes, ma'am. Career. Career and what you want to do as a career? What do I do after graduation? What should I pursue? Something in my that I'm majoring in or something different? Which organization? What, what, all of it. One more. What other things? You guys have life figured out? Okay. Relationships. Uh, if I'm dating someone, are they the one for me? If I'm not dating someone, uh, are they the one for me? And what red flags? All of it. Because, by the way, if you marry the wrong person, <laughs> life's going to suck. So you need some wisdom. If you marry the right person, it's still hard. <laughs> but it's a lot better, I promise. Now, so, I mean, we have all these things we need wisdom on. School situations, relationship and family, financial situations, career decisions, personal struggles, emotional struggles. Here's a personal prayer of mine. I have a two-year-old kid who is hell on wheels. He tears up my house every day. I get no sleep, but he's so cute that I can't kill him. And I don't know what to do. Seriously. That's not him. That's his older brother. I like that one. It's this one. It's that one. That little punk in the corner. Because he wouldn't look at the camera. Hell on wheels. Two-year-olds are the worst. But listen, but listen, and I don't know what to do. And this is a real thing. But so let's all the things that we need wisdom on, let's pray for it. Okay? Bow your heads. Let's pray. God give us wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. That's it. It doesn't take a seminary education to come before the Spirit of the living God and ask for help. It only takes humility. That's it. You don't have any prerequisites other than humility to ask God for help. Humble yourself. Ask for help. He will give wisdom to you generously. will not rebuke you. It's a beautiful gift of God. Number three, fulfilling my God-given purpose involves facing off with the enticement of sin. Through prayer, God helps me overcome temptations. Matthew chapter 26, Jesus tells the disciples to pray against temptation. You want to know why? Because life is difficult. And temptations are put in front of us every single day. But through prayer, we are able to work through our temptations, overcome our current sins, and hopefully navigate away future sins. I want you to look uh, to the person to your left and to your right. Go ahead and do it right now. Look, look at the person to your left and right. Do you realize that to the person to your left, to the person to your right, and the person sitting in your chair struggles with sin? Everybody in here struggles with sin. So how about we just drop the facade as if none of us struggle? We can be honest about it. Guess who also knows that you struggle with sin? God does. So if he already knows, you might as well talk to him about it and access his power. You're not going to scare him off with your mess. You're not going to go to him with the temptation to struggle and him go, Oh my gosh, that's disgusting. He already knows. 
He's just waiting for you to ask for help. Go to him. Don't run from God with your struggles. Run to God with your struggles. Point number four. Fulfilling my God-given calling involves pressures and concerns I cannot carry. But through prayer, God will carry them for me. Philippians 4.6 says this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about what? Everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all that He has done. Pray about everything. Not a few things. Everything. Every worry, every burden, every stress, every obstacle, every concern, and every fear. Do you realize that in the Greek, original Greek language, do you know what this word everything means? It means everything. Every small thing, every big thing. And sometimes we don't pray about certain things because we think they're too small for God to worry about. Or we think that God is too busy. But God tells us right here to take those things, big or small, and bring it before him. The awesome thing about God isn't only that there's nothing too big for him. It's also that there's nothing too small for him either. Give me an example. A couple years ago, I was... Uh, I was in the Clemson area. I was speaking at Southern Western University, and it, it was a late, late night. I was exhausted. I was tired, and all I wanted was some tots from Sonic. I wanted some tots. I wanted a frozen Powerade. That's all I wanted. I was starving. Amen. I heard an amen. Amen. Pulling through the drive-through, order my tots. And as I'm like in between the speaker and the window, I start looking for my wallet. And I can't find it. Two, and there's two things now. First of all, I am freaking starving. Two, I'm going to be embarrassed to drive up to the window and be like, hey, you know the, uh, the, that super extra large order of tots I just ordered? I don't have any money. So I'm like, I stop in between the speaker and the window. And I'm like, and, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I had just read this verse, and I started, all right, God, I'm going to test this out. Heavenly Father, will you please help me find my wallet so I can get some tots? I'm really, really hungry. And, and, like, I'm, and then I'm like, okay, maybe I should back up and back my way out. But somebody was already behind me, and I'm like, dang it. And I literally prayed, God, will you help me find my wallet? And there was a compartment in the car I had at the time that I had never noticed before under the console. I had never noticed it. And it was like I had the thought, I should look right there. And I got down and did this and looked for the console and went, oh, and it was my wallet. And I just gave it. And I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know how it got there. I didn't know the compartment existed. All I know is that coincidence gets too much glory for what God actually does. And what I also know is that God cares about my tots. <laughs> like, and, and it was such a real moment where I went, God cares about my tater tots. And it was like, okay, there is nothing too small. Ever since then, I pray to find my phone, my wallet, and my keys almost every single day. All right, so let me ask you this. A couple, just give a few answers. Raise a hand. What are some things that you worry about? What are the pressures you're carrying right now? Financial aid, right, finances. How am I going to afford fulfilling the calling that God has put on my life? Yep. 
Yeah, getting into school, right? Because what happens if I don't get into school? I don't know. Can I even have a life? All the anxiety that comes along with that. Yes. Mental health. Yes. I've got things going on inside of me that I don't know if it's normal or if it's not. I don't know how to move forward with this. I've gotten insecure about my own insecurities. I don't know who to talk to, who's to judge. Should I get on medication? Is medication going to numb me up to the point where I can't even work through it? Is medication a gift from God or is it a crutch? I don't know. All of it. Am I in anything like that at all? We have all these worries that we have every single day, from schoolwork to exams to relationships to mental health, boyfriend, girlfriend, peer pressure, family, future, graduation application, money, career. We have, I can't even, all these are going around my head. I don't even have time to pray. Listen, if you have time to worry about it, you have time to pray about it. Have you prayed about it as much as you've worried about it? The walls and the struggles in your life are not meant to hold you back. They are meant to drive you to prayer. And it's through all these things that only through prayer that we can accomplish our God-given purpose. Now, let's get practical, okay? So this is what I want to do for the next few minutes. I want to go to 1 Samuel chapter 1. And we're, it's not going to be on the screen, so if you want to turn there in your Bibles, you can. But I'm going to read it out loud. We're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 1. We're going to look at the story of Hannah. Because I believe that in this story of Hannah, we can see some powerful principles of prayer that we can apply to our own life. Now, I'm going to admit this is going to be a long passage. It's not going to be on the screen. So, but I'm going to read it out loud. So I'm going to ask that you give me about 90 seconds to read this passage and that you would pay attention. Can you do that? All three of you, thank you so much. Can you have 90 seconds of your full attention as I read the story? Thank you very much. Now, before I even read the story, here's the context behind the story, okay? The context is this. There is a girl named Hannah, and she is married. And the thing that she wants the most in her life is a child. The problem is she's physically unable to have a child. Now, to add insult to injury, she has family members who are picking on her for not being able to have a child. Year after year, it's the same thing. They pick on her. They tease her. The reason they tease her is because back in the day, they thought that if you couldn't have a child, you were cursed by God. This family member just taunted her and reduced her to tears to the point where she couldn't even eat. The thing you need to know is she wanted a child. She couldn't have it, but it was the thing her heart wanted the most. So that's the context. So we're going to dive in. It's going to be First Samuel chapter 1. We're going to start with verse 9 through 20. Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the temple. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made the vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, will you look upon my sorrow? Will you answer my prayer and give me a son? Then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for an entire lifetime. And as she was praying to the Lord, Eli, the priest, watched her. Seeing her lips moving, but hearing no sound, 
He thought she had been drinking. He's like, the priest is like, this girl is hammered. You must, must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. No, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger. I am very discouraged. And I was pouring my heart out to the Lord. Don't think I'm a wicked woman. For I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, she exclaimed. Then she got back, she went back and began to eat again. For she was no longer sad. The entire family got up the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. And when they returned, and then they returned. Then her husband slept with Hannah. And when that happened, the Lord remembered her plea. And in due time, she gave birth to a son. And she named him Samuel. For he said, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. And I want to point out in this story three things that make this prayer so powerful and three things that we can add to our own prayer life, okay? So here's number one, the first element of powerful prayers. Be bold. Be bold in your prayers. Listen, she was physically unable to have children. And she was asking God for a child. She was literally asking God for that which is impossible. And God heard her. That is bold. When it comes to your prayers, do not be shy. God loves bold prayers because bold prayers demonstrates faith. It demonstrates that you believe no matter how big the prayer is, God's big enough to answer it. Bold prayers are a demonstration of faith. In fact, Mark Batterson says this, and it's going to be on the screen. It says, bold prayers honor God, and God honors bold prayers. God isn't offended by your biggest dreams or boldest prayers. He's offended by anything less. If your prayers aren't impossible to you, they are insulting to God. Throughout Scripture, we see that effective Asking prayer is characterized by shameless audacity, which means unapologetically and shamelessly praying in ways that others will not approve of. And in Scripture and in Christian history, we see that the world changers aren't those who pray timid prayers. They're those who unapologetically pray bold, audacious, reckless, daredevil-like prayers. Prayers that everyone else is too scared to pray. What are the prayers that you're holding back because you think they're too crazy? Do we have any residents in here or former residents in here? Raise a hand. Man, that's awesome. Okay. There's a gentleman named Mark Knapp who goes to our central campus. He's a prayer warrior. He's been praying for years. He's been praying over the residency ever since it started. 
when he was first praying over the residency, his prayer for the residency is that the pastors that came out of the residency would lead 100,000 people to Christ. And then he realized that that prayer was too small. And then he started praying that the pastors that come through the residency would lead one million people to Christ. Three years ago, I sat down with him and he realized that was too small of a prayer and it was embarrassing to God. He now prays that one billion people would be led to Christ through those in the residency. That's what I'm talking about. Bold, audacious prayers. Be bold with your prayers. You're not going to offend God. He loves it. In fact, James chapter 4 verse 2 says this. It says, you have not because you ask not. It doesn't say you have not because what you're asking for is too big. It says you have not because you didn't ask for it. I believe there's some of us in this room. You have dreams. You have burdens. You have things and thoughts that go through your mind of how you could change the world. And they're big dreams. And some would call them crazy. And you haven't prayed it because you think they're too crazy. What I'm telling you is go pray for it. Take it before God. Because if you haven't accessed it yet, if you haven't seen that dream come through, maybe it's because you haven't brought it before God yet. One of the greatest tragedies in life are the prayers that go unanswered because they go unprayed. Bring it before God, I dare you. Because I'm telling you, I wish I could sit up here for an hour to tell you about some of the crazy, audacious prayers that I have prayed. Things that I went, this is nuts. These are, this is so big it's embarrassing me. And it happened. And sometime I want to sit up here and just list all the prayers. It's been incredible. If it's too big for you, good. Go pray it. God loves it. Number two, principle of powerful prayers. Number two, be specific. Be specific with your prayers. God was very specific with her prayer. She wanted a child. Now, I want you to notice what she didn't pray. She didn't, her prayer wasn't, oh God, I just want a blessing. No, I want a child. She was very specific. I want a child. There was no question what she wanted. Be very specific with your prayers. Vague prayers get vague answers. And sometimes we pray so vaguely that we wouldn't even know if God actually answered the prayer. Huh? Let me tell you something that drives me crazy about pastors sometimes. Because this drives me absolutely nuts. Here's some of the prayers I've heard before. God, just pray for your goodness. What is that? How do you know if that's answered? God, oh, this is the one that really irritates me. God, would you just do something cool in the room? What the frick does that mean? You want him to pull a rabbit out of a hat? That's cool. You want him to do card tricks? That's pretty cool. You want to get a box of chicken wings and watch him bring the, it back from life? That would be pretty cool. What do you mean? No. When it comes to your prayers, be specific. I want addictions to be broken. I want those who are hurt to forgive those who are hurt and be liberated from resentment. I want people to meet Jesus. I want people to find a purpose. I want shame to be gone. 
Be specific with your prayers. Because sometimes we're not specific with our prayers because we're afraid what happens if it doesn't come to pass. Well, maybe it's not coming to pass because you're not being specific. Anybody, we have any country boys in here? Country boys? From the country boys, here's the question. Here's the question. Do you know the difference between a shotgun and a rifle? A shotgun has shells. And in it, you have all these little pellets. And with a shotgun blast, it goes wide, but it, it only hits surface level. Okay? With a rifle, you have a single concentrated bullet. And it's greater penetrating power. Now, in the military, when you are in war, which one's more valuable? The guy going through there just firing off rounds with a shotgun or a sniper rifle? If Bubba's going, it's a shotgun, right? <laughs> no. The one that has the most valuable is the sniper rifle. Because it actually has more penetrating power through the heart of a target. Anybody can rattle off a shotgun. The sniper rifle is much more powerful. Listen, there are some times in our prayer life where a surface-level prayer will not cut it. We have to have some specific prayers that penetrate the heart of the target and go deeper, especially when it comes to our calling. Be very specific. Those prayers are more powerful in the kingdom of God, especially when you're fighting the spiritual enemy. And here's the last one. Be real. Listen to how the passage describes Hannah's prayers. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. Seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound, he thought that she had been drinking. She said, I am very discouraged. I was pouring my heart out to the Lord. I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. Listen, Hannah was unapologetically honest about what was on her heart. She was so brokenhearted that she was acting drunk. She was pouring her heart out to God, being completely vulnerable. She was not worried about whether or not her prayers were structurally sound. That could have been the furthest thing from her mind. She was pouring her heart out to God. Listen. God does not care whether or not your prayers are structurally sound. He wants your heart. Prayer is not a religious test where you have to word things perfectly for God to hear you. Prayer is a relationship in which you get to pour your heart out to God. Some of us in here are scared to be brutally honest with God about our hearts. But I'm telling you, our God is not insecure. He wants the burdens of your heart. Time and time again, Jesus asked people, what do you want? He didn't ask, what do you think I want you to want? He said, what do you want? He gave people permission to be embarrassingly honest about the deepest cries of their heart. God loves you too much to be fake. 
Some of us are scared to be honest in the presence of God. I'm telling you, there's no safer place to be honest than in the presence of God. Be audaciously honest in your prayers. Hannah shows us that it's better to pray with heart and no words than with words and no heart. And because Hannah poured out her heart to God, God heard her and answered her prayers. So here's my question for you. What's the deepest cry of your heart right now? You know, the thing that you're scared to talk to anybody about, maybe you're even scared to talk to yourself about. What's the deepest cry of your heart? I have about a five-minute video I want us to watch, and we're going to come and conclude. It's of a, a family that's here at 12 Stone, and I think it's a demonstration of the power of prayer. So let's watch this, and I'll be right back. Prayer makes the impossible simple. So what is the cries of your heart right now? Does it have to do with your future? Does it have to do with your emotional health? Does it have to do with your finances? Does it have to do with your relationships? You fill in the blank. Are you overwhelmed with anxiety? Are you battling with fear? Are you struggling with depression? Are you overwhelmed with grief or the grief of losing a loved one? You fill in the blank about the greatest cries of your heart. And I want to give us an opportunity to come before Hannah, or to come before God just like Hannah, and to pour out our hearts, to be bold and specific, but to be real. And this is the way it's going to look. In just a moment, we're going to stand up. We're going to go to different areas in the, in the room. You find the place where you want to engage with God. And what you're going to find is somewhere around your seats, either going to be underneath your seat or on the chair, on the back of the chair that's in front of you or on your armchair, there's going to be a three by five index card. And what I'm going to invite you to do is go find somewhere to pray, to pour your heart out to God. And then after you've had that moment with God, I'm going to invite you to write specifically what you're praying for on that card. And I'm going to ask that you do not put your name on it. That way you can be honest audaciously honest and then you're going to see tables with little baskets on it throughout the room and without signing it just telling us your prayer I'm going to invite you to drop it in that basket because we're going to have prayer warriors pray over your prayer this week and to join you in prayer However, in this time, I'll also know there's some of us in here who've never fully said yes to Jesus. And maybe you're trying to figure out this Jesus thing, and maybe you've been around long enough to go, this thing's real. And tonight could be the night that you start a relationship with him. Because I believe there's going to be some of us who do just that tonight. Because you realize God doesn't want something from you. He just wants your heart. And a prayer like that would be wherever you go, go, God, I should forgive me of my sins. I believe in you. I'm yours. And then tell somebody that you started a relationship with Jesus. So, for all of us in here, I'm going to ask that you stand. Let's all stand right now as we get ready for this. We're going to engage with God. What is the deepest cries of your heart? Pour it out to Him. What if the only thing that's keeping you from accessing the deepest cries of your heart is if you're willing to actually pour your heart out to God? So let's take this time, let's pour our heart out to God. So on the count of three, 
Let's go. One, two, three. Go engage with God. Thank you for listening to the C12 podcast today. Take some time to be audaciously honest with God. If you were encouraged and guided by today's message, please share this with someone that needs to hear this message and subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about College at Tallstone, give us a follow on Instagram at C12Stone. I hope you join us next week.